It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you as always. I hope you are all happy and healthy and keeping yourselves sane during the shelter in place. We have had some forward movement in terms of the phases of reopening California and the country at large, and I hope we continue to move in a direction that is safe for everyone to return to some sense of normalcy and maybe sooner rather than later bring us sports back into our daily lives. I just know that right now, even while I am enjoying looking back on some of the classic games from the Sharks or from other teams in the Bay Area or from other you know games that we're seeing from all sports around the world is quote-unquote classic games that we all remember so fondly are being played to us. It really just reminds me how much I enjoy sports in the first place and why I decided to follow in my dad's footsteps and go into sports broadcasting and be a part of these games and these people and these moments. And I miss it all tremendously. I miss showing up to the games and seeing the buzz of people outside the arena or inside the arena. Before a game is getting started, you just know that something's about to happen or you might see something that's never happened before. And right now, we have a very good idea of what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis because when you see that a game from 2016 is being played on TV from whatever sport it may be, you know what's going to happen. You're not being you're not being introduced to much that you're not aware of right now other than really really sad and depressing news. I mean that's that's the thing is we use sports as a way to deal with all the sad and depressing news that we get in our day-to-day lives even that's not a part of a pandemic. This is one of the most sad and depressing times in American and world history and we do not have that distraction. You know, we've gotten Korean baseball back a little bit but those those aren't our players. Those aren't our guys. We, we know a couple of names, but that's not what our culture is built around. Our culture is built around North American sports for the most part. And we were used to watching, you know, Jumbo and Ovi and, you know, you go down the list and you name your names of guys you want to watch and you want to see. We're, we're without right now. And I think that we are, we are all missing it together. And it's one of the things that uniquely bonds us during these times is, There's a lot of people who I think, whether or not they're hardcore sports fans, they do definitely miss the distraction and they acknowledge how important sports are as a part of our lives. And yes, documentaries about the Bulls and Michael Jordan are fun and looking back on some of these past games is fun, but when you are presented with the unexpected, when you are presented with greatness, when you are presented with things that you've never seen before, that you've never experienced before, that you've never witnessed before, when you're presented with the new from players, from performances, that's what what makes sports so incredible because you sit down to watch any game and there is a chance that you're going to see something absolutely spectacular. And I know that when I turn on the television right now, I might see something that's of high-quality writing, high-quality production, high-quality direction, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not the same as live sports. As much as everybody talks about Game 7 last year against Vegas and that incredible comeback, I frequently think about Game 6 because the tension 
in the overtime of that game was beyond comparison. It was the season. A game seven, you've at least stretched it out to game seven where it's do or die. But in game six, you're fighting to get the opportunity to put it to game seven. And I just remember as that game went into overtime, the anxiety and the tension and how locked in I was to everything that was happening in that game. I mean, that was just one of those games that reminds you why you're a sports fan. And I understand that I'm saying that as, well, yes, the Sharks won. But a couple weeks ago when I was talking to Randy and Jamie, I also talked about the multi-multi-multi-overtime game against Dallas because those moments of tension, those moments where you don't know what's going to happen, those moments where you're pulling and hoping, that's... That's a part of being a sports fan, and we're not getting that right now. We're not losing ourselves in moments. We're losing ourselves in, again, sad and depressing numbers. So I guess my greater point is that I do feel your pain with regards to a lack of sports. You know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I get to do these interviews with guys like Joel Ward, and that's who's our feature interview today, and he was absolutely fantastic. But I would love to have been able to talk to him about the Stanley Cup playoffs as well, in addition to his career, to get his take on things that are going on. He's been in those big games. He's been in those big moments, and I'm sure he would have a take on the latest and greatest that we saw out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, you know, it's it's just it's a, it's a phantom limb situation. I, I guess that's the comparison, is that we're all reaching to scratch an itch that we can't right now. And we're all just waiting and waiting and waiting for it to return so that we have that joy brought back to our lives. Now, speaking of joy, it was an absolute joy speaking to Joel Ward. The guy is as cool and as down to earth as you expect him to be. And, you know, when you read his article about 726 in the Players' Tribune and you see the way that he viewed his career and how his hard work was such a big part of it, I mean, just the guy is everything that you want athletes to be in terms of being humble. I mean, one of the first things he says off the bat is he's surprised that people have paid so much attention to his retirement. And, you know, I I told him, I was like, well, you know, man, I mean, that's because people look at your career and they see that you were a gamer, that you were going to give it your all. And not everybody is going to have the ability of a jumbo or an Ovi, which are two players we talk about, because that's two levels of greatness. He was able to play alongside throughout his career, but Not everybody gets that skill set and that talent, but he still worked his ass off every single game. He made the most of his career. He made the most of his skill set, and I think that fans always looked at him and saw a guy that was giving his all, that was going out there and performing to the best of their ability, that was not taking a night out, or night off, I should say, that was going out there and just trying to do everything he could to help his team win, and that goes a long way in sports. I think the longer you're in sports, the longer you're involved with sports, that yes, you do appreciate the greatness. You appreciate the great ones and the guys that separate themselves and have these incredible moments. But you also look at the guys like Joel Ward who make great careers out of not as much. And I'm not trying to speak badly of him or anything, but I mean, he's very self-deprecating. He acknowledges that he did not have the stats that were jumping off the page. He did not have the abilities that were putting the world on notice. He had to work hard at every single facet of his game to become a guy who could play 700-plus games in his career. And I think that that's why guys like him get so much positive attention. Or you remember a guy like Eric Burns with the Oakland A's. You love these guys that put forth incredible effort in the field of play. You love these guys that give it their all. I think that that reminds us of ourselves and thinking that's the kind of player we would want to be. I mean, yes, we all want to be Michael Jordan. We always want to be Wayne Gretzky. But at the same time, I think we associate with the guys 
who, who look like they have to work that much harder. They have to grind and squeeze out every single bit of themselves to make that career work. And that's Joel Ward. He was not given the incredible gifts of a Wayne Gretzky or a Jumbo or an Ovi or a Crosby or a McDavid, whoever you want to list. That's not the skill set that Joel Ward won in the genetic lottery that makes you an incredible athlete. Now, that isn't to say he wasn't an incredible athlete. He obviously was, but the hard work, the effort, the extra mile that he had to go, I think that's what made fans appreciate him so much and why they've reacted this way to his retirement. So, without further delay, we are now joined on the phone lines by the recently retired Joel Ward. First off, Joel, congratulations on a great career. Thank you, thank you, thanks very much. I uh, appreciate that. It's been uh, it's been a long couple of days. I wasn't expecting all this attention from it, but uh, you know, I'm just happy that it's officially uh, officially over. Well, you know, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head in your article for the Players Tribune, where you talked about the 726 games that you played and how you know you didn't think that you were you know necessarily ever going to get the chance to play one, let alone 726, and. You know, when I was talking about your retirement last week, I said, you know, there are moments of your career that definitely stand out. But I think the thing that stands out more than moments in your career is that, you know, whether you were on the Sharks or whether you were, you know, at other points in your career, like Washington, I think people really looked at you as a guy who was going to go all out night after night after night. I mean, I think people look at you, and the reason that you know there is this attention is because they say this guy gave it his all every single night. And you kind of talk about that in the Players' Tribune article about how you know you you didn't take anything for granted. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I think with my background and you know, I think just growing up, you know, I, I had to, uh, my mother raised me and my two brothers in a single parent family home for the majority of my life, and. Um, you know, we just try not to take things for granted. I think it was just that humble background, but just obviously just being respectful and just trying to, you know, do your best and, 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 uh, you know, obviously honor those ahead of you that kind of paved the way. So for me, it was just very special to, uh, I got an opportunity to play the game that I love. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people obviously dreamed of that. I mean, for me growing up, you know, I just wanted to play hockey. I, I didn't know exactly what level I'd get to or how far I'd go, but. Um, I just kind of kept playing. I think just of my love of the game for uh, just loving the game and also people, you know, I think. And just seeing how people obviously just kind of continue to work hard. I mean, my mother worked extremely hard. So I think in our household, you had no choice but to follow suit or else. <laughs> or else she'll let you know. Yeah, I mean, I know that you talk about, um, you know, falling in love with the game of hockey and never wanting to put that stick down. Um, you know, just... It, did you it seems like when when we watched you play like that that came through that there was a love of the game and I'm not going to say that other guys don't love the game out there but like when you played it did seem like there was a a joy to your game did you do you feel that when you were playing was it still kind of like a kid having fun going out there and still you know kind of living that dream did you look at it in that viewpoint sometimes uh 100% I think um that's the way I kind of went about it that's the way I kind of I play, I think it was just, you know, having fun. I was just a kid, you know. I, who am I, I was playing the National Hockey League, you know. I, I, <laughs> so, for me, it was pretty easy to show up to the rink. Um, I mean, I was playing hockey for living. Are you kidding me? So, I I was enjoying every moment of it. I mean, I love the guys. I love the locker room. I love, 
I love learning. I love, you know, so many different things about the game that, you know, that I was able to, to learn from and, and pick up from during the years. And, you know, to have that opportunity was, uh, was unbelievable, you know. And, and I, I, as I said, I try not to take anything for granted um, during the process. Um, I just was willing to just go out there and work hard and, you're just trying to score goals and win hockey games, and that was all I was just trying to do. I love it, man. Um, you've talked a lot about wanting to stay in the game, you know, whether that turns into an opportunity with the Sharks or elsewhere, you know, getting that opportunity to coach and impart what you've learned. I'm curious, you know, when you look back at your career, if there were certain coaching styles or certain messages that got across to you better than certain other teachers or coaches were able to deliver them. And if you think that's something that you can impart to other um, upcoming players or other professional players, because, you know, everybody, you know, like a guy like you, I I know you obviously cite your hard work and your willingness to learn and your willingness to be, you know, a hardworking, good player. But at the same time, you were given that, you know, unbelievable skill set that allowed you to take advantage of those other factors in your life, the hard work, the willingness to learn. You know, how hard is it to go to somebody who has all the natural ability in the world and say, you still need to learn this or you still need to understand this or you need to work on this? Like, I imagine that that's something that certain coaches were able to get across to you that um, had a big impact in your career. Yeah, I mean, obviously it'd be hard to, be hard to go to the old Jumbo Joe's and tell them, "Hey, you gotta do this better." But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, you know, there's. I think for me, my experience, I think, comes from a lot. And I think it, it says a lot to a lot of guys. I think, um, obviously, I was undrafted. I got an opportunity to play on at times on top lines, and I've been on side of the bottom, at the bottom end in the bottom line. So, I think a guy to me that I can kind of relate to everybody. You know, I'm. Uh, Freshly out of the game, as you can say, and um, you know, I think from my experience, I think from my the coaches and the teams that I played on, I think when guys kind of see that, I think that's just the automatic respect right there. And I think obviously my past, I mean, I played Canadian University hockey, and I got a chance to play 700 National Hockey League games. So I think there is a little something in me to say, hey, you might know what he's talking about a little bit. <laughs> um, and, and for me, um, just picking up stuff from from other players that I played with. Um, you know, I mean, I got a chance to play a lot of greats, uh, a lot of fantastic players, a lot of Olympians. I mean, you know, for me, I got a little time to play with Ovi and mm-hmm. kind of just see how those guys go about their day to day and and how they how they approach the game on and off the ice. I think for those things, for me, even though I wasn't as talented, but those are some stuff that I could share with some of those guys that up and coming that are close of knocking on the door and may have that opportunity. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I. You know, that I picked up over the years, and as I said, I remember one that uh, Kevin Constantine showed me or told me that it was it's uh, it's tough to be a leader, and just going through some of the stuff that he was sharing with me over the years when I was my I had him in the minors and in Houston was uh, obviously life changing, and and just some of the examples that he showed me. Yeah, I'm curious if you know in your time with playing with an OV or playing with Jumbo, if there were things that you looked in at their game and said, "I can try and look at what they're doing and try and apply that to my own game." I mean, I know everybody looks at an athlete and thinks they develop individually, but I also think that when I look at athletes, like if you're out there, if you're among other players and you see them doing something with that's successful, there has to be a part of your brain that says, "How can I 
make that part of my game as well. Like, I'm not saying that somebody's going to look at Ovi and say, oh, I can, you know, eventually challenge, you know, to be one of the great all-time scorers, but they probably see things in his game and say, hey, I think I have that skill set. I-, I can try and apply that to my game. Was that something that you did when you looked at other great players around the league? I did. I did. I, you know, obviously I tried to the best of my abilities and, and try to do so. You know, I think one thing that I did learn from Jumbo especially and, and really respected his communication on the ice, was, which was something that um, he's just constantly vocal out there and kind of obviously giving some direction and, and just letting know where he is. And, and I think that was, that was something that I tried to do. And if I was out there with my line mates, um, you know, and I think that's become a huge part of obviously – Take a, a little bit of a success, to be honest. Well, you know, because when you know where your line mates are and you're getting, you're communicating like anything, mm-hmm. um, it makes things a little bit that much easier. So uh, that was one thing, something that I took from him um, that I think is very important. I think other guys can learn from. I see a lot of kids that are playing now, but nobody's really saying a word. So you know, you may not see another line mate or a player where you're looking for a pass or giving a pass. So I think that for me sticks out right at the top of my head. Um, you know, Obi for me was a different, was a, another different animal. He was a different beast. Um, I think just him just being ready, like when he's shooting, I think a lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of people just kind of think at times he's just standing there, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he's always he's ahead of the game. He's, he's ahead of the step when he's ready to shoot. And for me, if I, if I was in positions, I would just always kind of have that mindset of like, hey, the puck be coming now. So just kind of be alert, be ready whenever the puck may came in. Um, I don't know if it worked out for me too well, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think, yeah. But learning from what those guys do and and just kind of seeing them, I think just watching them. Um, you know, I was fortunate to just to watch them. You know, you know, you, if you just kind of observe and take down some notes, you know, and try to put it to your own craft, uh, things can go a long way. So I was fortunate to be in some pretty good positions. Was there any guy – in the NHL that you didn't fully appreciate their game until you were their teammate where you said, oh, now I understand their game or that you thought you understood it, but once you became their teammate, you had a whole new appreciation for it? Uh, well, one guy that, that um, I think prior to me coming here to the Sharks was Logan. I didn't know much about him. Um, I, 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 I've heard some things about him here and there, but I didn't know much about him. Uh, but, I mean, when I got a chance to see him, um, in games and practices, I was I was blown away. I thought his uh, IQ was and his hockey talent was 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 way up there. I, I I didn't realize how good he was. He just living in a bubble on the East Coast. You don't hear much about the West Coast games. <laughs> um, so you know you don't really catch the the 10:30 p.m. Shark games as much. But um, I had a definite big sound respect for him. And uh, you know he's a guy that kind of just sticks out of my mind that. Wow, I was really impressed in of uh, his all facets of the game, his 200 foot game, and um, you know I think another guy that I played with, um, Nicholas Backstrom, was another guy that you know when you played against him, you you know you didn't know what was coming up. You know he he was so crafty and so good on his skates and uh, so hockey talented. I was you know you always you always sat there. There always there's always a threat when he was around. Especially in the offensive zone, making plays. 
you came out here to San Jose, and obviously this is where you have um, maintained your residence, and this is where you are. You've got a family, and now you have a one-year-old boy. I have a I have a six and a four-year-old. I had to tell them to to be quiet for a second. Oh wow! I was recording, so I, I, <laughs> I, I I've been where you are, man, and it you know I know what that's like, and I appreciated in your presser that you talked about how the quarantine had been you know giving you the opportunity to bond with your son and have more time. But I am just curious, you know, like you alluded to when you come to San Jose. You know, like you said, you're not watching a whole lot of 10:30 starts on the East Coast. But you know, when people yeah. do come to San Jose, that you know, they kind of refer it as to to it as the NHL's Bermuda Triangle because people come here yeah. and then they never leave. Like, what what were you expecting <laughs> when you came to San Jose? That's a good question. I think coming out here on a road team, first thing you knew the Shark Tank was going to be buzzing. Um, you know, I think. We, uh, I remember a few times the coaches would come in the office or the pregame scouting, and it's always just, hey, make sure you're ready, make sure be ready. And it's always, you know, because the teams out here come out hard uh, right off the hop, and there's always great teams here at the tank. But um, besides the hockey aspect, um, it's hard to beat this weather. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you, Ted. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something that's, uh, you know, I think living on the East Coast, and my wife and I are from Toronto, so. Uh, if we can dodge a few winners, hey, that's another bonus. But, um, you know, our, our neighborhoods have been great. People have been so friendly to us. It's been a very family-oriented neighborhood. And um, especially when once we had our little guy, too. I mean, you know, our little guy was born here. And, and to have that support system from just some, some close friends and teammates and everything, it just, you know, for us, it just made it a no-brainer to, to stick around. And um, it's such a, been a family-oriented community. And, and and the Sharks and everybody's supported us from day one. You know, you've been very supportive of Hockey is for Everyone, that, that campaign. Yeah. Um, if you could just speak about that a little bit, because, you know, you alluded to it um, in your retirement presser with the Sharks uh, a couple of Mondays ago that, you know, there weren't a lot of black hockey players for you to look up to when you were growing up, but you still, like you said, you grabbed a hold of that stick and you fell in love and you took it from there. So if you could just talk about what that campaign means to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Hockey is for Everyone is, truly what it says and what it means and you know i think i think we just want to, for uh players like myself and and players of color uh to just obviously fall in love with the game as much as i did i mean we, it's another sport that we all should be able to play without any um <clears throat> type of hesitation um yes i've experienced a little bit of racism uh, uh growing up in the game and and um I, you know I would say a lot of, I'd say, I'd say about 80, 90, maybe 100% of anyone playing hockey um, coming up with colors of Spanish races in hockey. So it's unfortunate. It's very sad, of course. It's uh, something that I I wanted to help make it a safe place for anybody, for everybody, just to come out here. Um, you know, I, I pick up the stick, as, as you mentioned, and, you know, I didn't look at color or anything. I, nothing really deterred me from playing the game that I love. I just... You know, I got a chance to hang out with my friends, play a team sport, and fell in love with it right off the hop. So um, I hope other kids feel the same and do the same. And it's my job to introduce those games or introduce them to kids up in the communities and and to, to let them understand, hey, this is a pretty cool sport too as well. And um, it's another outlet for, for other kids. There have been a couple high-profile incidents involving racism in, in the NHL and the hockey world over the last 12 to 18 months. Are you encouraged by the fact that these have come, have, have turned into such big news stories that people are disgusted by, or are you still frustrated that the, that, that this is happening in the first place? 
Uh, I, I would say both. Uh, I'm, I'm just stuck to these things still go on, of course, but also me going through it myself uh, not long ago with myself and some interviews, I know that um, that there is a there is more to to go in the game. I know it also exists. Racism is also it's prevalent. It's here. It's unfortunate, but it's also disgusting to hear some of these incidents, and, and especially in today's days of in day and age of course, But I mean, I had a little incident back in 2012 when I was in Washington, and uh, you know, unfortunately, it was just uh, you know, even back then, I was saying to myself, "It can't be this happened in this day world." And now we're in 2020, and I'm hearing stuff from from players to coaches to what have you. So it's definitely disgusting. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, as I said, it's our job uh, for the league and myself is to get the, uh, to be active, um, to let everybody know and to let team, teams know that, hey, this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, as being a black player growing up in the league, you know, there's, you shouldn't have to feel a, a certain type of way or be, or be afraid uh, coming to the rink, you know. And, it's, as I said, hockey is for everybody. So regardless of where you're from or what color or what background or what food you're eating, it's, the game is for everybody. Um, you know, and, I, I'm, and obviously with myself being done, give myself a little bit more time to obviously help help those kids that are coming up, but also help educate uh, even uh, teams across the league to to take a big stance on this. Yeah, well, I, I would hope that the that the league would take advantage of a, of a personality like, such as yourself to be able to talk to people around the league, and hopefully yeah. they can they can look at this and look at players like you and say this is a guy who can speak to it, who can impart things. You know, obviously you have that ability to communicate. You know, I believe it was Kevin Kurz who uh, asked you about that. You know, desire potentially. I mean, if the league came calling, you know, would would you say yes? I you know I can speak to the players across the league. I can talk to, to people. I can say, this is what's going on. And it, you know, it, I, we oh, focus sure. on the NHL, yeah. but I mean, it's obviously it's, it's yeah. the AHL. It's the, you know, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I think that yeah. you're a resource and you can talk to, you know, whether it's juniors, college, everywhere, you know, I think that someone like yourself would be an asset to the league in the hockey world. It's a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, if somebody came knocking for sure, a hundred percent, I'd be willing to, to go around and talk. I think, you know, even just turning on the news, I think just seeing uh, poor Amadi turning 26 in Georgia there, um, you know, a case like that. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it breaks my heart 100%. I mean, and, and me being a, a father too now and trying to explain something like that or, or uh, to your son, I, you know, I, I'm lost of words on something like that, like, you know, potentially could happen. So it, it just, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough, but uh, I definitely want to voice my opinion, my experience, my stories, and and um, I think it's a very important for for me to. Hopefully, the league does come knocking on my door, and hopefully, I get the opportunity to to go around and talk to a few kids and and share my stories to to different people in different communities. And uh, it's very important. We just got to keep educating. And so obviously, there's no there's a zero tolerance for that in, in, in hockey, and should be zero tolerance in life, to be honest with you. But you know, it is what it is, but uh, definitely in part of our game is, is, is zero tolerance, and we're just uh, looking to kind of keep uh, keep improving. 
Love it, man. And I'll, I'll ask you one more question before I let you go. Just how are you and your family handle, handling the quarantine, the shelter-in-place life? It is uh, it is an odd time in world history. Um, how you know? You, I look at you as a guy who spent the last twenty years essentially traveling, playing hockey, going places, being you know very very active. You know, even if you've been out of the league for a little bit now, I still picture you as an active person. How how are you handling to the uh, you know when the experts say? You know, this is rough, but we need you to, you know, stick around the house and not go out unless it's, uh, some, you know, going to the store, that kind of deal. Yeah, well, uh, I, you know what? I think I had a leg up on most people because I've been doing it for a while now with my little guy. So I've <laughs> uh, been home for a while. So, nice. uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough times all around, man. I mean, I, I don't even know. It's, you know, you kind of get stuck. My mom's at home. She's by herself at home, and it's just tough for <clears throat> Obviously, she's not having a day, so. Never thought I'd be going through something like this in this day and age, uh, my time. But um, you know, we're just trying to do the best we can, and just I think safety is, is obviously the number one thing. I mean, you know, obviously it's, I'm pretty bummed out. There's no sports going on in the world, being selfish, but obviously I know the bigger picture. And it's still obviously uh, for safety and to save lives. So it's a different time I mean we've just been at home we've been obviously doing I'm sure everybody's been Netflixing and doing all sorts of things we're trying to kill time but we're just trying our best I think our little guy's going to stir crazy here so uh, it's nice to, to be on a day like today just to kind of go for a stroll and get him out of the house for a bit and you know we're just we're just trying to do our part and stay safe so I hope you guys are doing the same Joel Ward everyone what a really cool guy and I can't express how much I really enjoyed talking to him and just found what he had to say as someone who was speaking from the heart, who had nothing to hide, and who had given his all throughout the course of his career. And I really do think he has big things ahead of him in his career, and I think that that's just waiting for the hockey and sports world to get rolling again before we can see what is next for Joel. But, yeah, what a great interview. What a great guy, and I'm happy for him and his family, and I hope that we can see him back at SAP Center sometime sooner rather than later. We're just kind of waiting for everything to get Going again in sports, whenever that is deemed to be safe again, whether it's in front of fans or not, we're all just waiting to see. So I am waiting right alongside you, and I am going to be continuing waiting right alongside you and bringing you this uh, this content from the San Jose Sharks, and hopefully we'll have more and more cool conversations like the one we had with Joel going forward. But that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to Joel Ward for taking some time out of his schedule to speak with me and all of you. A big thanks to the San Jose Sharks for making this show a reality. And, of course, a big thanks to you for tuning in to listen to this show. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.